the best insult of all time is, who is this clown? Because not only does it call them a clown, but it also implies that they are not even a well-known clown. <laughs> uh, who the hell is this clown? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and filmmaker. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Um, my weird serpent nickname, it, that, that's basically what our fun fact is mm-hmm. this episode. Um, and I know that it really seems, especially after the past few episodes, it seems like maybe um, just me being someone who's from, who, who has gone to theater school is like a major character trait for me. And it's like the only thing I talk about. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a very life-changing experience for me, you know, college. Okay. So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm going to do another theater term as my serpent nickname, even though that might seem like that's all I talk about. Well, it goes with your gang name. Exactly. So my serpent name would be um, Spotlight. That's kind of cute. Yeah. And so if you're thinking, Robin, that's already a thing, you know, a movie, I'm like, well, Old Deuteronomy is also a thing. So, and that doesn't stop anybody. Okay. I thought it was supposed to be stupid or weird. Spotlight isn't even that weird. Yeah. I mean, Jinx isn't weird. Thumper. I mean, Thumper was one of the inmates but like baby teeth baby teeth war baby some of them are weird being war baby some of them are weird some of them aren't so anyway mine would be spotlight all right and my name is Brittany ray i'm a 29 year old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic vancouver bc i like badass moms and long naps i'm on twitter at abritania where i can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat and my serpent nickname would be couch potato couch potato yep you know what? I would say that it was a bit long, but um, considering, once again, old Deuteronomy. Yeah, not nearly as long as that. Yeah. So, I will allow it. I will also go by Couch Tates, if that's what people want, or Tates. That's Pop. Or Tater. Pop Tate. Okay, then I'm Tater. Tater is a great name. Yeah. Okay, fine. Spotlight and Tater. That's us. <laughs> when I was in theater school... Wow, Robin, stop talking about theater school. When I was in theater school, me and my best friend at the time, we had um, these two clowns who played... <laughs> We had a, like, a little clown um, routine. Uh-huh. And our clown's names were Nugget and Ginger Snap. Nugget is fantastic. Yeah. I like that one a lot. So. I like Ginger Snap, too, but Nugget is just yeah. fantastic. Nugget and Ginger Snap was what their names were. Now I'm trying to think of, like, what my clown name would be. Oh, my God. Mine was Ginger Snap. Yeah, like, it's, like, a relatively good clown name. But, but me and him also had nicknames for each other. So his name was Jellybean and my name was... Sugar Plum. Okay, well, that's adorable. Yeah, so. All of this is charming. My mom's nickname for me is Peanut Butter. <laughs> Good. Also, Butthead, though. Mm. And why do you have, why you gotta be such a bitch all the time? Which is a favorite phrase of hers. Is Peanut Butter another nickname of Butt, like, is Butthead a nickname of Peanut Butter? No. Because of the just- butt part? No, but, um, I like that. Okay. Okay. Anyway, today we have words to say about episode 317 of Riverdale, The Raid. See, it's so weird because it was called The Master. It sure was. It sure was. And then, and then it was turned, it was changed from The Master to The Raid. Uh. But The Master yeah. fit better. The See, The Master, like the movie that, that The Master was. Yeah. Fit better. But the name The Raid works better. How? Because they do a raid, Brittany. I know, but I'm saying like The Master has a bit more of the subtle complexity that Edgar ever never does. Right. Um, I agree that The Master was a better title. Oh, okay. So we're just aggressively agreeing with each other. Right. Mm, cool. Um, but The Raid is a, as far as I can tell, this is what it was, um, a 2011 Indonesian action thriller film. 
In the film, an elite squad is tasked to infiltrate a high-rise building run by a ruthless drug lord located in the slums of Jakarta. So they probably didn't name this episode after that film. No, I'm pretty sure they did because there was an English version that was called, like, The Raid colon something else. Oh. So I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. And then it had, like, a big theatrical thing or something. I don't know. I still wish it was called The Master. I I think I saw The Master. Oh, cool. But then he turned into The Mistress. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's a Doctor Who joke. I know. Okay, well, there's a great well, I didn't get them. I know that the Master is from Doctor Who. I watched those episodes. Yeah, didn't you know the Master became a, a woman? When? Uh, during 12's run. Oh, no, I didn't watch 12. Okay, but literally, it's Michelle Gomez from Sabrina. That's that's Missy. That's the Master. Okay. Madam I didn't Satan. watch 12. Madam Satan. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I just, I didn't watch, I didn't watch 12, so I didn't know that. I watched 12 because I wanted to see how it was, and then they did, like, the Husband's River song, and I was like... This was worth it. That's good. Hey, we should talk about Riverdale. Okay. Um, toot or boot? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. I, I guess toot because we finally got an explanation for Alice's stuff and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a bad one. Yeah. It was, I, I will accept that. Yeah. That, that it makes sense. I mean, we'll talk about it later, obviously, but it makes sense that that is what pulled her to the farm. Yeah. And I'm glad because I was ready for it to just be like something stupid. I, I thought that there wouldn't be a reason at all. Yeah. Honestly, I thought it would be like, um, she really was like sipping that cult tea and that's what like her life was now. Yeah. And I was like, Katie, gross. Maybe it has antioxidants, but it'll still kill you. (laughs) We also had some thoughts from listeners. Who sent us thoughts from listeners this week? Well, um, we got another comment from Megan on SoundCloud. Hi, Megan. And we also got an, okay, well, here's the thing is that this person DM'd me on Tumblr. Uh So I don't know if they necessarily were like, please read this out on the podcast. But um, I thought that what they were saying was pretty smart. So I'm going to bring them up anyway. So this is, um, their name on Tumblr is Claroline Colvina. Pretty sure Claroline is a- That's from Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries thing. And Colvina, Colvina? Colvina. Colvina. K-O-L-V-I-N-A. I don't know what that is. Explain it for us if you listen to this. Um, and this is what they missed. We, we kind of went back and forth a little bit, but here's the the gist of what we kind of said. I just watched the newest Riverdale. If because of the farm you can see your dead loved ones like Jason or Charles, why wouldn't Alice be trying to bring FP into the farm to meet or at least be with their son Charles? And I was like, yes, because we had just mentioned this last episode yeah. as well. So I was like, yeah. And one of the things that I brought up was FP says while they're in bed, I'm so happy that the farm opened you up to yep, this relationship. You did say that, yep. And then they also said, how did the farm open up, open her up to their relationship? Like, while she was with Charles, did he say, mom, go sleep with dad? I think it was like, she wanted to be with the father of her child. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's that, maybe not so much that Charles was like, hey, mom, go bang dad. Yeah. Um, But it was definitely like, Smash. mom, I want you to have good things and it seems like dad is a good person for you. And of course, given that like, she's probably not seeing Charles, that's her own subconscious saying, you should go be with the, like the man that you are like falling in love with. Once again, we're going to talk about this later, but I just made up a theory that I don't want to forget. And so therefore I'm going to bring up. What is it? Um, I think it would be really cool because I'm still kind of holding out hope that Charles is alive. Same. We know 100% that Jason is dead. So could they be doing like a little, like, they're trying to get past us by saying, look at the people that we're seeing. It's only dead people. And then it t- <gasps> turns out that Charles is actually alive because because since Jason is dead and he's like, it's like Jason and Charles are the only people as of right now that we know that they talk to. 
we know that Jason is dead, and we're supposed to think that Charles is dead because of that. What if the reveal is that Charles is actually alive? Thoughts? Okay, first of all, love it. Second of all, set me on another train of thought, which is, if they aren't hallucinating people, what if it works the same way that Fizzle Rocks does? Where Edgar can send in anyone Mm. and they'll just see who they want to see. So what if- Gotcha. So what if like, like Alice has been talking to, you know, an Edgar-like person the entire time thinking that it's Charles. Right. Like someone is keeping track of all of this. Right. But, oh, I love that idea a lot. I assume, and I'm also, once again, we're going to talk about this later. I have this in my notes, but um, I assume that that was one of the main things that, I mean, Polly and Jason were originally supposed to go to the farm in the first place, mm-hmm. apparently, but I assume that Polly's major pull to the actual farm later is that she can talk to Jason, just like um, Cheryl can talk to Jason. So, so I wonder, based on what you said, that maybe they have the same person play the same person, mm-hmm. so that, like, Cheryl and Polly Polly can both be like, you know what? Jason told me the funniest thing. And she's like, oh my God, me too. Yeah. Cause they're cause supposed to be the same person. I don't know. When she, when they go to see someone, do you think it's just them alone in a room? Or do you think they're like, everyone goes to see their dead loved ones in at once? Oh, um, well in my brain, it was kind of just like they go alone. And then that other person is also yeah, there. Because it would be interesting if Edgar was that person every single time. Right. Like he, like the drugs just kind of make you see something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not how drugs work, but that's also not how drugs work with the Gargoyle King. So if we're stretching the bounds of reality, we might as well just like have fun with it. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love this theory. I mean, I am really tied to my theory that Edgar and the Gargoyle King, or no, that, what was it? Charles is the Gargoyle King. Mm-hmm. But Charles could be, Edgar could be the Gargoyle King. Yeah. Well, I, I have thinking to do. Okay. I have thinking to do. Um, And once again, we got a comment from Megan, who has a big question that I don't know if we'll be able to answer. Okay. But we gotta, we gotta try and theorize and, and figure this out. So, Megan on SoundCloud. Hey guys, I have a sort of random question for you. Do you think that next season there will be a time jump and we will start off in senior year? This show can be very weird with its timeline, but last season musical episode happened toward the end of the school year. I know a lot of these teen dramas like to drag out their high school years, but recently I've been thinking that with the unfortunate passing of Luke, next season is going to be very difficult for the writers. I would kind of love that. Yeah, I, I've never, I mean, we haven't seen this show do a time jump before. I so. mean, time jumps are a big split for people. Some people love them, some people hate them. Yeah. For me, it depends on what show you're watching and how well it's done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for something like Battlestar Galactica, when they do a time jump, it's it's art. Yeah. But when you do a time jump on other shows, it's just like you change the dynamics between people too much. I would kind of love it because then everything that these kids are doing would make more sense, um, including all of the underage sex that they have. Yeah, I I mean, almost all of the shows that I love do time jumps. Um, Lost's time jump was three years. The Hundreds time jump was six years. Stranger Things time jumps about a year every single Mm -hmm. uh, season. Which is fine. Which is fine. But the difference is that, and I brought this up in season five of The 100 because we just recently got the aftermath of the time jump, that on Lost, even though we lose these three years, we get them back in flashbacks because- That's what they did on Battlestar as well. Because the show is like all flashbacks um, Lost is. Yeah. But with The 100, we got like one episode of flashbacks that wasn't even really within the six years, mostly was just like the beginning of the six years. And then we didn't really, we kind of just got hearsay. And that was, I found that kind of disappointing, to be honest, because you know, I'm a hoe for flashbacks. I mean, in retrospect, like 
the flashbacks that we got in the second episode of season five were fantastic because it was building like the dynamics between everyone. But then they didn't do anything more than that. And then they waited until the 11th episode to show us what we should have seen in like yeah. episode five. Right. So it really depends on where you put the flashbacks too. I am just realizing that the, that Riverdale kind of did do a flashback or um, sorry, a time jump um, because we basically skipped all of summer. That's normal for a teen show. Yeah. At the beginning of season three, we, we it was like Archie gets around at the end of the year when we're like Archie you're the president it's like turns out you're not the president um because you're being arrested which yeah sounds about right for presidents these days I don't know oh um but and then we skipped basically summer and then it was you know we got the very end of summer Mm -hmm. um so in season one they were supposed to be in grade 10 and then in season two were they still supposed to be in grade 10 because I don't remember yeah I think so I think they're still supposed to be in grade 10 yeah so that means this year is grade 11. So yeah, season three was like all of grade 11, basically. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they went all the way to senior year because then they would just be skipping summer again, right? Yeah. They would kind of have to. Yeah. I'd love to see them during the summer. Then we wouldn't have to be like, why aren't they in school? I would just love if this show, like, just make some of the kids turn 18 so that yeah. this isn't super uncomfortable that grown ass adults are writing about teenagers having underage sex. Yeah. Because then we have to talk about it as grown ass adults. Mm-hmm. And that's uncomfortable. Grade 10. Yeah. Ah, uh, ack. Do you know how gross kids actually are in grade 10? So gross. I was so gross. Yeah. I looked like a friggin' like, tiny baby, like, eggplant thing. A tiny baby eggplant thing. Don't write that down. I'm not. Sam mentioned me in a tweet. All right. Okay. Are you ready to talk about the episode? Yeah. Great. Um, so we're going to talk about Veronica first because cool. hers was like the shortest and I have the least amount to say. Hmm. Okay. So here's my summary of Veronica's storyline. Veronica is trying to find a silver lining in regards to her parents' divorce, but she's having a hard time. Hermione is upset that she's not invited to the prison opening. Veronica wants them to see a marriage counselor or the Monsignor from their church to remind them that marriage is sacred. Hermione finds dead fish in her office, which she interprets to mean that she's on a kill list. Veronica asks Hiram to stop pushing Hermione out so publicly because it makes her look vulnerable. Hiram publicly announces at the opening that he loves his wife so much for sure. (laughs) Hiram deduces that it was Veronica who sent the fish to manipulate them and also that their marriage is getting annulled, but that's not how annulment works. Whatever. Yeah, we love how the law is very malleable in this here show. Man, I sure had so much fun researching annulment for this. All right, so tell me what you learned. About annulment. Um, not a lot. I was having a hard time finding what what basically what I was looking for was reasons that you weren't allowed to get an adult an annulment because yeah, yeah, yeah. we thought they've been together for a very long time. You were saying that you think that you're not allowed to get annulled if you have a child together. Um, well, because it kind of proves that you consummated the marriage. Yeah. So, but again, my knowledge of annulments goes as far as friggin' friends. So I'm right. no expert. So me, mostly what I found about annulments was um, like reasons that you are allowed to get an, an annulment okay. rather than um, reasons why you wouldn't be allowed to get an annulment, which is what I was looking for. Okay. Um, but I did find, what are the grounds for an annulment? Um, and I'm on divorcenet.com. Oh my God. New York. And this is, I was looking up specifically New York because it seemed to be different in every state. Mm-hmm. And we know that they are like in... They're supposed to be New York quote unquote New York. So um, there are five grounds for annulment that you're allowed to do um, in New York. One or both spouses were under age 18 at the time of the marriage. No, doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, one or both spouses were unable to consent to marriage due to mental incapacity. Uh, no. Don't think so. Um, either spouse is physically unable to have sexual intercourse. Uh... 
I don't think that counts. I don't think Hiram got shot. Yeah, but, but I don't think that's part weird, of it. Weird, weird, super grounds. weird loophole, by the way. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. My whole thing is that people shouldn't be, their their value shouldn't be based on whether or not they're willing slash able to have sex. Um, and that's just a me thing, maybe. Well, those things came from the church. That's true. So it's, that's where things get dicey. Um, either spouse was incurably mentally ill for at least five years. Uh, no. No. And the marriage consent was obtained by duress, coercion, or fraud. Okay, straight up I could see that for Hermione. That's the only one that, like, is even close to being Mm -hmm. maybe what they did. But, um, I don't know why Hiram would be so open to be like, yeah, we're getting an annulled because I fully coerced her into marrying me. You know, like, it doesn't seem like that's kind of what happened. Well, for them, it's important both, like, in the eyes of the church and of their people, right? So, honestly, he probably just paid someone off. Um, effects of an annulment on children... Mm -hmm. So I can read this. In New York, although an annulment results in avoidable marriage, it does not affect the legitimacy of children born during the marriage. So it's not like we can now say Veronica was born out of wedlock. She wasn't. Right. No, of course. Simply, children born while parents are married in a lawful state or religious ceremony are legitimate, even if that marriage is later annulled or declared void by a judge. Additionally, an annulment does nothing to affect affect custody or child support and instead establishes a presumption of paternity. That's what I'm kind of wondering is going to happen to Ronnie is I kind of wonder if she'll get herself emancipated. Mm, Like Cheryl. Yeah. So it does look like children has nothing to do with whether or not you're allowed to get an annulment, but I'm still not sure under what grounds they got, they were allowed to get an annulment. Wait, I love this show's logic. They're like, hey, we got an annulment. And I was like, are you gonna explain that? And they were like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) But one thing that I did notice about that scene where they were kind of talking, and I know we're skipping forward, obviously. No, 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 go ahead. um, Hiram looks like he might cry. Yeah, he does look like he's upset. He sad. I mean, I don't know how much sympathy I have for a man who had his wife shot at to prove a point, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like either of them, it looks like they're both sort of struggling with getting what they actually want, which is Mm -hmm. they don't want to be together, but they are losing a sense of normalcy that they've had like for years and years and years and years, I mean, almost 20 years, right? So heading back to the beginning of the storyline, the mayor kind of needs to be invited to your giant prison opening, Hiram. Yeah, like even... Just as, um, regular law stuff. Yeah. So, okay, whatever. Did Veronica deliver those fish herself? Or did she have somebody else do it? I fully believe she did. I also want to say for the record that the minute I saw those fish, I said Veronica sent those. And Mm. I was right. You're a genius. Good for me. Aren't there security cameras in the mayor's office? I mean, you'd think so, but people keep waltzing in there whenever they want. I guess. Anyway, that's just the question I had. Um, She mentions that it might have been the St. Clair's. Uh, I don't want to hear about them anymore. I don't like Nick St. Clair, and I don't want to hear about him. Oh my god, but it totally, like... It could have been, though. Like, that that was a logical... Like, if they were gonna go there, it would have been like, okay, I could have bought that. Yeah. The prison is called the Lodge Detention Center. What, that's absolutely what I'd want to put my name on. Yeah. A prison. I wish, like, just the fact that, and they made the joke before with Lodge Lodge. Lodge Lodge. But, um, the name Lodge is already, like, a noun for something that is, like, a house that holds something. So I just wish it had been, like, I just wish it, I mean, I wanted a pun. I wanted a pun. Like what? Like, um, you know, lodging, you know, it's like a, it it holds people. Um, so I wanted it to be, like, Lodge Lodging Center. I don't know. I don't know. I wanted a pun. I wanted a pun. And I know that that would, uh, I know, like, for Hiram, that wouldn't have made sense. Why would Hiram choose a pun? But, like, I, you know, this show, yeah, this show has done stuff like that before, so I kind of wanted a pun. This show's already, uh, gone the stupid route before, and why not 
do it with a good joke. So, and that's that on uh, that. So Veronica's like, please invite mom to your thing. And he's like, fine. So he invites her and he's basically, he says, my wife, Hermione, the love of my life. Like, <laughs> like, could you, I thought you were supposed to be a good actor. Yeah. Not anyway. you, Mark Consuelos. Yeah. You are a good actor, but Hiram. The love of my life. Yes, for sure. We are definitely not in trouble marriage wise. She didn't try to kill me and I didn't send a serial killer after her. So don't ask. <laughs> and then, yeah, just like talk about the annulment is, is that's all I had for that storyline. It seems like it was kind of a filler storyline. For the rest yeah. of the other two. Which I, looking back, I wish that things like those kind of storylines would be given to a Fred plotline. Because mm-hmm. now that we're getting, you know, closer and closer to the, the episodes without Luke Perry, it's just sort of like, we haven't seen Fred in ages. Mm-hmm. And he, what is he doing? Like, what is his job? We don't, I have no idea. We don't get to see him. So it just seems like so much wasted time. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time that it was like, here's something that Fred is doing that isn't just like talking to Archie for, I mean, he talked to FP at his birthday party, but like, what was Fred doing? Exactly. I don't know. Like, what is what is Fred's plot? What is Fred's purpose on the show at this point? Yeah. It's just... And, I mean, we've said that long before anything, you know, happened to Luke is... Luke is wasted on this show. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's really a shame. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts in, about that storyline? No. Cool. Well, I have um, great news. Oh, okay. What is it? Um, in between storylines here, we actually did a really quick interview with our friend Leanna who is uh, one of the co-founders of Unity Days. Yes, yes, she is. At Unity Events, who is also putting on uh, Sweet River Con. And also there's another announcement in this little clip. So, yeah. So you should listen to it and then come back and be like, what? And then we'll be like, yeah. So here it is. All right. So, uh, so exciting. We are here with Unity Events co-founder, Leanna. <laughs> it me. <laughs> Hello again. Hello. Hey, Leanna. And it's not the same day at all. It's not the same day that we, well, they, they it's they, not the same day that we recorded a different podcast with Leanna. So don't think that it is. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, hey, this is what we usually do when we're talking about Sweet RiverCon. Brittany, have you oh. heard about any super cool conventions that are happening in Vancouver about Riverdale in November, on November 8th to 10th? You know what's so weird is I totally have. No way. Yeah, it's uh, called Sweet RiverCon, and our super cool guest, Leanna, actually is organizing it. Oh my gosh, Leanna, can you tell us more about Sweet RiverCon? <laughs> I sure can. <laughs> So Sweet RiverCon is, um, it's an intimate Riverdale fan convention that celebrates the cast in the show. It takes place in downtown Vancouver at the Pinnacle Harbor Hotel. Yes! On uh, November 8 to 10. It's gonna be so fun! Yes! I'm so excited because it's gonna be in November and not January. Mm-hmm. So the weather is gonna be much better! <laughs> we can only hope. Yes, yeah. we have been to three other conventions set up by Unity Events Canada, and we can give them the most praise because they are so much fun. I know that we literally just talked about this on the 100 podcast, if you guys also listen to that one, but what made you guys decide to you to do a Riverdale convention? We decided to do a Riverdale convention because it's also filmed in Vancouver, just like the 100, and we really enjoy the show, so we just wanted to give uh, the Riverdale fandom the same experience as we did with the 100 fandom. I Doing the Lord's dress. work, really. Yeah. 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 Because that cast doesn't really get to go to cons again unless they're in Europe. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of them going to any cons in North America. Yeah. Um, Other but, than big ones. Well, the one the one down the street, Britt, um, 
<laughs> Madeline and <laughs> and Vanessa were just at yeah, but they're not Riverdale focused cons. They're just right. like fan expos, like big cons. Right. You know? You don't get as much, like, personal interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what is some things that people can look forward to uh, about Sweet RiverCon? Uh, they can look forward to meeting the cast, um, yeah. meeting other people in the fandom. Uh, the cast panels are also, like, a huge one. Um, and we're also working on some other activities, like uh, probably a cosplay contest. Oh, that's so fun! I totally don't have a Jughead cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, at all. Except that she totally does. Yeah. I maybe do. But it's probably not as cool as some other people's cosplays, so I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that. That's such a good idea. And how did you guys come up with the meet and greet ideas where you eat with the cast? Uh, Maya and I just really wanted to give the fans something special. And, you know, it, it's just really intimate to share a meal with someone. So having that type of meet and greet where you have breakfast with them was something that we wanted to do. Did you find that you could pretend to be on a date with the person? <laughs> I mean... I'm just wondering if that's an option. It's it's a little awkward with about oh. nine other people there, yeah. so right. maybe not recommended. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to be super clear. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to one. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't feel like that. Okay. I'm just letting you know. But you could pretend? No. Oh. Okay. 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 So, um, <laughs> uh, Leanna, which guests do you have announced so far? Well, she already told us. On the other podcast. Oh, my bad. On a, on a different pod. Hello, Brittany. Pay attention. I'm, I'm sorry. So, we have Camilla Mendez, Vanessa Morgan, Skeet Ulrich, and Machen Amick. And the people who are listening to this podcast, this Riverdale podcast, <laughs> know how freaking exciting... Every single one of those guests are. Because those are all our favorite characters. All of our faves. Yes. <laughs> and the ones we literally talk about the most. Now, I know you probably can't say, but we have to ask, can you tease any future guests that you might have? Um, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to stay pretty tight-lipped on this one, so... That's okay. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't say anything. <laughs> okay. But there is the knowledge that there will be future guests, so you guys should stay tuned, mm-hmm. especially to their Twitter account, because that's where they announce them. And all the other social media, Brittany. Yeah, but I have your Twitter account on notifications, so Me that's too. What I said Oh, first. okay. So you can see all my typos? <laughs> yeah, that's how I always catch you messing up. <laughs> Um, great. Well, Leanna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you for having me. Of course. Uh, where can we follow Unity Events slash your dog? <laughs> so Unity Events, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Unity Events CA and on Facebook at Unity Events Canada. And my dog, you can find on Instagram at Porter the Corgi with two eyes. Thank Respect. you. That's all I love in this world yeah. is my that dog and my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he went. He left me. And our animals don't even get along. They met each other and Kobe was like, nah. No. And he left. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, hey, come to Sweet RiverCon. And if you're like, oh, no, I can't afford to come to Sweet RiverCon, I have great news. Whoa, what's the news? The news is that we're giving away two weekend passes to Sweet RiverCon. Oh, my God. I know. It's so exciting. There's a survey down in the description of the podcast. You just have to fill up, like, five questions. And the last question is, like, what are you going to have at Pops? And if you say you are going to have an AF burger, (laughs) then you get two entries instead of just one. Two for wow. One. Always a good deal. 
Yeah, and soon it's going to be announced to, like, the actual public. Yeah. So y'all best be getting on with it. If I were actually going to Pops, I would 100% order a strawberry milkshake. Mm. No one M- asked, but I just thought I'd share that. Milkshake. Stop! <laughs> I would 100% get a strawberry milkshake. Eva Lisp. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. Guys. Oh, don't, you wanna, don't you want to announce that you guys are moderating? Yeah, when are we allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say we like should do it now. Like, okay. On, oh, okay. On the podcast. Congratulations, you just did it. No, just kidding. Yeah, I kind of want to just have that be it. <laughs> wait, guys. <laughs> wait, guys. Wait, guys. Can you believe it? But we are doing that. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing it. Yeah, for reals. Basically, we're fancy people who moderate panels. Well, uh, yeah. In November, we will be. Um. And it's a massive honor, and we're actually really excited about it. Yeah. And um, thank you, Lieta, for giving us this amazing opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. Oh, yay. Was that it? So if anybody has important questions to <laughs> Yeah, no, literally we Snickers. decided that would be way funnier than anything else. Yeah. It's very on brand for our podcast. Surprise! <laughs> um, We're moderating all of the panels at Sweet RiverCon. We're thrilled, so excited, and terrified. Terrified. <laughs> We've known, like, this entire time uh, yeah. and have not been allowed to say. Um, so every time we would be like, Machen's coming. Great. And then it was like, turned out that Skeet was coming. We were like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then, and then it, it just, it, it's gotten more and more um, terrifying as more and more people have been announced. But we're also, like, really excited. Yeah. So if any of you guys, I mean, late, like, closer to, to November, we'll probably, like, put out a thing of questions that we should ask them because um oh god i can't think of them all myself <laughs> um so. i mean maybe we started like compiling a note a few, thing yeah. like months ago but uh um, yeah don't worry about it so come see us flounder <laughs> <laughs> come see us um silently scream mm-hmm. while doing a potential snake parents panel oh my god a snake parents panel i'm gonna be so overwhelmed the whole weekend <gasps> but we're very panel. excited a snake parents panel yeah oh my god okay i'm fine i'm fine <laughs> so for the record in case right. no one's wondering i'm fine so everyone hop on twitter and tell unity events what a great job and what a great idea it was to have us moderate so that idiot. <laughs> everyone knows um how much you appreciate it uh because we also appreciate it and we want um them to know that they made the right decision <laughs> i was like i was like where is she going with this i just want to make sure that um they don't regret us yeah i just want to make sure that people um don't hate us yeah <laughs> yay please don't um hate us thanks anyway thanks. <clears throat> yeah um, come to sweet rubicon yeah. If you can. If you can. If you can't, um, that's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll follow along with us on Twitter. Yeah, we will have, um, I think actually we're having, because we usually live tweet panels. I'm pretty sure that since Sam will be live tweeting her on her own account, that um, the person that we are going to have as our assistinato mm-hmm. coming to do all of our live tweeting for us is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is she going with this? It's got to be Denise. It's my mom. So shout out to Thanks, my Denise. mom, you're the best, who's gonna come and sit in the press aisle 
<laughs> and live tweet the panels on the Fiction Autos Twitter. So, anyway, that's months away. Yeah. So, the other two storylines I had was Betty and Archie and Jughead. And originally I was going to do Betty first, but I realized that that um, storyline is way more interesting. So, oh, okay. let's do Jughead and Archie first. Cool. All right. So, here is my um, summary of the Jughead and Archie storyline. I am prepared. Okay. Jug and the Serpents are doing training with Keller and FP to become part of the Force, and they are not good at it. Gladys still isn't telling FP that she's garbage. Archie gets a call from Mad Dog. They're being relocated to Hiram's prison unethically, as most of them should be out on parole. Archie gets Veronica's help in blackmailing Governor Dooley so that his friends can get out. Meanwhile, Sweet Pea pretends to buy drugs from the comic book store as a sting for information. They start taking out the gargoyles street corner by street corner, but the last one was already an undercover operation, and they ruin it for FP, who probably worked on that for a long time. Yeah. Archie houses his friends at his boxing gym, but Mad Dog is worried about his family because the gargoyles are all up in their business. Elio shows up trying to get people able to be shady. No, thanks, says Archie on behalf of everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, I know you guys all need jobs and stuff, but no! But no! Um, Archie and his friends get the serpents, and they all go to the building where they confront the gargoyles, including the main cooker, Brian, who then pushes Jughead out a window. Everyone's fine, obviously. Jug confronts Gladys. He's gonna tell FP everything. Mad Dog goes to work for Elio to make money for fighting because it's all he knows. They find that Baby Teeth was taken by the gargoyles, tortured, and murdered. Cool. Oh, Baby Teeth! Yikes. That made me sad. It did make me sad, too. So, for my notes for this storyline, my first one was, there's a moment in which, like, Gladys kind of wants to confront Jughead, and Jellybean's like, Dad, let's go! Is Jellybean... Is, is Gla does Gladys have Jellybean so far in this that Jellybean knows to take FP away? Yep. That's messed up. I feel bad. I 100% believe that, though. Yeah. I feel I, sad and bad about it. I think I think the thing that's going to mess FP up the most isn't that Gladys is, like, a drug kingpin. I think it's that Jellybean was lying about, yeah. like, wanting to spend time with him the whole time. I agree. Or maybe maybe Jellybean will flip. Maybe. I would love that. Yeah. I don't have any reason to think that, though, as of right now. I mean, I don't think we've seen enough of Jellybean. It's right. just something that I kind of vaguely hope. Yeah. It's just that we've never seen Jellybean be like, Mom, are you sure? Or like, Mom, maybe this isn't yeah. the best plan. Like, she, every single time she's just been like, yeah, evil deeds. You and I'm know? like, you're five. You're five, so, but whatever. When Jughead is talking to Archie at Archie's house, um, that's smoothie continuity. Not great. I mean, I feel like you're one of the few people who would pay attention to smoothie continuity. Yeah, just just saying. Not okay. great. Not great smoothie continuity. Okay. I take your note. Um, a wing of the prison is for juveniles. So why didn't anyone know about that before? I don't know. Um, it makes sense though. <sighs> okay, here's a theory that makes maybe no sense. If Hiram is the reason why Warden Norton died, mm -hmm. that might make sense because if Hiram is like, L&L will shut down if Warden Norton dies slash just in like a creepy way, mm -hmm. then I'll be able to transfer these kids to my prison and get more bodies in my prison. Plus then he can run the fight ring out of his prison too. Right. The dealer always wins. Right. What a great evil scheme. Mm -hmm. Like I fully believe that of Hiram. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually the T. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when Governor Dooley comes in on Archie and Veronica, the way Archie's sitting, we just thought was funny. Yeah. 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 yeah he was yeah. just like, Hello, Governor Dooley. Yeah, Archie was sitting and like, here's the thing. <clears throat> For the record, sitting, the way people sit is not gendered. But um, at the same time, um, we gays have certain ways that we like claim as our way of sitting. Mm -hmm. um, and Archie was definitely, he yes. was just like, I've been expecting you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, what, Legs what are you crossed doing? and then arm up to his face. Yeah, I'm like, ooh. I was like, what kind of dramatic stunt is this? Uh, <laughs> I love that. 
why would Veronica say this is my ex-boyfriend instead of this is my friend? Yikes. I mean, obviously they're trying to make Governor Dooley in- in- uncomfortable, but if I was Governor Dooley, I'd be like, so. <sighs> okay, so I have two theories here. Okay. One, it's to remind the audience that they're not together. Okay. Two, it's um, to subtly enforce that Veronica is not doing this because it's her bo- her boyfriend. She's doing it because she believes in it. So by right. saying we don't have romantic association anymore, it's kind of like cutting off like all potential implications that she's only doing it because like they're together. See, that answers my next question, which was, is this Varchi content? I think maybe. Mm. Um, seeing them work together certainly is nice. Right. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think that it's Varchi content in the way that Veronica and Archie are together working together, but I wouldn't say that it is in any way romantic or ship con- continuing ship furthering got it if that makes sense yeah so sweet pea goes and like attacks the dude at the comic book shop and jughead's like hey i'm gonna ask you a question and the dude spills immediately yeah i feel like i i love that kind of person they did this amazing joke in iron man 3 where tony has been i mean it's like the height of the thing so like tony is stuck and he's been imprisoned and he finally starts to break out and he comes across a guard and he's like ready to go and the guard's like no honestly these guys are so weird. I want to go. Yeah. It's like that kind of energy where it's like, no way, this is not worth my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Baby Teeth says that he doesn't have a family. And he also mentions later like, oh, if this is the last thing I ever eat for the rest of my life, like we should have seen it coming that Baby Teeth was going to be murdered. Yeah. Looking back, wow, we're kind of dumb. Yeah. Does anyone miss Joaquin? I do. Me too. Uh, Does anyone miss Midge or Dilton Mm. or or Ben? Ben who clearly got eaten? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. By Madden Satan. She definitely ate him. Uh, That timeline there is still sticky. Um, At at this point, I don't think we'll ever get an answer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? mean? Because it's Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. But like, they were all friends, you know, like, he was part of the squad, like, Baby Teeth, Thumper, Joaquin, and Archie. Mm -hmm. And then Mad Dog was also like, kind of like, around Archie or whatever. But that was like, their squad. So I'm like, no one's gonna bring up Joaquin. Whatever. It's fine. Archie saying a cell in L&L ruined my Twitter life for like, three days. So why don't you tell everyone what you did? So I thought it was funny that Archie said a cell in L&L because I thought that that sounded ridiculous. If that doesn't make sense, a, he's talking about a cell in Leopold and Loeb. A cell in L&L. A cell, cell in L and L. A cell in L&L. 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 So I tweeted, say a cell in L&L 10 times fast, hashtag Riverdale. And the official Riverdale Twitter retweeted it. And I think it has like 600 likes. Yeah. So that really like, ruined my notifications. You know what, though? While. You and I now have both made that mistake. Mm. But oh, we, yeah. What was yours yeah. again? I don't, oh, God, I don't remember. But we did both plug this podcast as a thread. Yeah. Now I know it's annoying when people do that. But consider this. It's okay when I do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so we were saying like, oh, Archie, you should like hire Keller to like help you at your boxing gym. So, uh, he did. Ta-da! Potentially. Seems like. Um, Jughead has a map of Riverdale. I, I couldn't really glean anything from it really, but it looks bigger than, well, it's hard to tell what the like scale is. Okay. But there's like, I think it still is a small town, but I'm still confused as to why there were two high schools. Like, this is it. Two high schools, one hotel, and one restaurant. Sweetwater River is very large, though. That's the truth. That's why they couldn't find Jason. And a bunch of gangs in such a small town. It's true. Eh, whatever. So he's like, instead of shoes, look for 
like shoes on telephone wires look for gargoyles and i was like cool yeah. so i assumed what he meant was they're like they put like little statues of gargoyles on like different street corners like on the ground yeah yeah, yeah. but no they literally strung two gargoyles together by their heads and put them over top of telephone wires. Sometimes things That's, are taken too literally. It's a little bit obvious. Yeah, I would say so. And where are they getting the gargoyles? And now that the whole, like, I mean, the shoes over the wire thing has been, in my mind, common knowledge mm -hmm. for a while. So now that's actually not, like, a sign of anything. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I do have questions about, like, if you were going to indicate the cop, like, the comic book shop has one, why not just paint a gargoyle onto a comic book shop window? That would not be out of place. Right. You could be like, oh, that's, um, our Ghostbusters tribute. Yeah. <laughs> Also, like, it doesn't look like the gargoyles are strung up very well. So it's like, if a gargoyle falls and hurts somebody? Well, I mean, they, I think the gargoyles would just think that was funny. I don't know. We got the name for um, Archie's boxing gym. Like, you know how it had the the lion logo on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was wearing, or a lot of the people were wearing um, shirts. I guess Archie found merch. Yeah, I was gonna gym. say, who do you think his merch producer is? Yeah. Um, it was called the El Royale Gym. So Great name, by the way. Yeah, Bad Times at the El Royale is a 2018 neo-noir thriller film. Set in 1969, the plot follows seven strangers, each hiding dark secrets, who come to a head one night in a shady hotel on the California-Nevada border. That sounds kind of dope. Chris Hemsworth, isn't it? I know. Yeah. I saw that on the Wikipedia. I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, I'm interested in this now. Hey, maybe we should watch it. Okay. Okay. Do you think it's on Netflix? No, I don't, because it just came out. 2018. I don't think it's- Oh, well, look. We're like almost four months into 2019. Let me look. Thanks. I was so excited, my dude. Why? Because Wells- uh, Sorry, I mean Mad Dog- uses my favorite insult of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Would you like to tell us what it is? Sure. So it became my favorite insult of all time because of a tweet, like a viral tweet, I think, mm -hmm. that happened. Either yeah, that or yeah. it was on Tumblr. I don't remember. But um, someone had said, the best insult of all time is, who is this clown? Because not only does it call them a clown, but it also implies that they are not even a well-known clown. <laughs> Um, Who the hell is this clown? So I'm just like a big fan. I was like so happy when he said that. I was like, what a great insult. That's why I was laughing earlier when you were like, we you had clown characters. And I was like, oh, were you well-known <gasps> clowns or not? <laughs> no. But another name of a gym is Casa Grande, which is Elio's gym, which just means big house. Yeah, Casa Grande? Like, okay. I'm kind of hoping that Elio is actually like a big gay. And he was like, I'm naming it Casa Grande for Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande and my idol, Frankie Grande. There you go. You can tell Jughead is squeezing past a camera. What? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the shot where he like, um, there's like this little square window yeah. and he looks through the window and then comes in. Yeah. And I have like, there are shots in my, in like my first big short film that I did, um, in which you can fully tell that they're just trying to squeeze past the camera because it's a small doorway. Yeah. And it's like very dark, so you can't really tell, but you can, I'm you like, can kinda I'm tell. like, Jughead, if you weren't, if you weren't squeezing past the camera, that's not the way you would walk. Mm. Like you wouldn't walk out. Like, way against, like, the door. Like, I mean, I guess, you know, he's trying to be sneaky, but, like, I don't know. He, like, I moved mean, his body in the way that he was trying to squeeze. Counterpoint. When I am really tired in the morning, and I can't believe you haven't noticed this yet, when I get up to go to the bathroom at, like, 5 a.m., I will walk straight into the door frame because I am coming at it sideways. Okay. So, maybe he maybe was just, just sleepy. <laughs> Not My President was written on the door of one of the apartments. Hi, set deck. 
we see you. Especially because it's their Canadian set deck. Yeah. So they're just like protesting on America's behalf. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Um, Mad Dog telling Archie to leave him to fight a bunch of people happened last time. Romance. And people know this about me. I am not interested in any ship that involves Archie, except for this one. Yeah. And I'm really loving that Archie has this really great bromance with this guy who we've seen maybe like for like, what, three or four episodes? They just seem to really understand each other. They really get each yeah. other. Kind of in mourning for the fact that this should be his relationship with Jughead, but it isn't. Oh, um, yeah. But his relationship with Mad Dog is so interesting and cool. Mm -hmm. And I love, like, there's something to be said for their friendship and how they kind of just get each other and how Archie is allowed to have this, like, male friend who he, like, really trusts and always, like, wants to help him. Like, he even goes to the prison and says, like, no matter what, like, I will get you out of here. It's like, I don't know how long you knew this dude, but, like, he's ride or die for this freaking guy. Mad Dog saved his life. And I hope we keep seeing him now that he's out and about. I hope- Wow, you said that's so American, too. Thank you. Out and about? Out and about. My God, who even are you? I'm so proud. But um, there is something to be said for, like, of course, Mad Dog saving his life. But at the same time, it, it reflects really well on Archie, um, sort of like his character, that he's such a loyal person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't think about it. But that is the exact relationship he should and does not have with Jughead. Yeah. Oh, that makes me sad. So there is definitely something to say about his, this like great male friendship that he has, which I think is wonderful. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um, I would like to ship it also. Yeah, they just have really great chemistry that could translate really well with a little bit of work, I think, mm-hmm. to like something more. And I mean, they'll never do it. And no, they'll never show, do it. They'll, they'll never kill do Mad it. Dog by the end of the season. And yeah. we'll have to sit there and go, really? Yeah. But... But I do remember us getting these exact same vibes, like, earlier in the season. I think we called them Archie Dog, which is just no, a really bad name. We thought about we thought about it. I literally just had this conversation with myself in my head. It was Mad Archie that we were jo- joking uh-huh. about. And then didn't we make it Marchy? March- Marchy? I'm pretty sure we okay. made it Marchy. Right. Okay. Um, either way... <clears throat> shout out to our friend King's Token who asked us because I, <laughs> I was like literally so excited about this because I was doing this thing on Twitter today this is just an anecdote that no one cares about but whatever I'm talking about it I was doing this thing on Twitter today that our friend Sam made up as far as I know um or it's like you name a ship or a character and then and then I would give them a song based on that ship or character it was fun on yeah. like Spotify or whatever and our friend King's Token <laughs> asked for an Archie slash mad dog song i'm so about this and i'm so about it and me and Brittany like sat and we were like we have to take this seriously yeah. and we tried to find like the perfect song for it yeah and we did yes we did yeah we, we did i feel like we actually succeeded i know i'm like obsessed with it it's got like such a low bass Can- tell everyone what song it was sure it's bite by T- troy savon mm-hmm. we saw um troy savon live here in Vancouver back in November. Yeah. And that was the first time I had ever heard Troy Savon in my life. Yeah. Now I'm upset. It was just on Drag Race too. Yeah. Um, and I th- I'm pretty sure he's, he sang this song. I'm pretty no, sure. No, I don't think so. I think he did. Okay. Either way, it's Bite. It's by Troy Savon. And we were listening to it. We were like, yeah, it has the right vibe. It has the right lyrics. Mm, yeah. It's an, it's a Marchy song. So if your shipping needs a soundtrack, we have you we covered. We have you covered. So, um, cool. Brian says that he's like, I'm ready to ascend, Jughead. Let's go. And I'm like, okay. Well, it's it's one, it's like one floor that you fell out of. Brian, stop doing drugs. (laughs) What's wrong, Brian? My God. The quest card was defang a wolf cub. And so they defanged baby teeth. Mm. Why is he a wolf cub? Because he's Mad Dog's friend. 
Oh, yeah, dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah, unfortunately, baby teeth is dead. And FP is like, oh, no. <laughs> he, like, finds him. He's like, I better call the cops. Oh, no. I am the cops. <laughs> I am the cops. <laughs> oh, poor oh. FP. Yeah, he's like, I don't even know what to do. I'm j- I just started. Poor Mad Dog. Mad Dog doesn't have anyone. And now he doesn't even have Sweet Pea. And he was... <laughs> Why did I say Sweet Pea? Because he's also a weird gang member with a weird name. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. With an E vowel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for giving my idiocy the benefit of the doubt. You're welcome. Anyway, I feel bad for Mad Dog. Also, the runes on his back, like, it was very clearly TGK when it was Ben and Dilton. This one looked more like KGK, but it, you know, whatever. I'm sure it was TGK. Eh, He's like, actually, I named myself King twice. I'm now King Gargoyle King. (laughs) King? I am am King of the Gargoyle Kings because there's too many out here. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Any other thoughts on that storyline? Not even one, darling. Great. Um, Brittany, can you tell me something? Hmm, I've been wondering about mm, this thing called Patreon. Do you know it? No, you should Google it. No, just kidding. I do. So Patreon is a website slash service that you can go on to where you can help your like favorite creators with monthly donations. Um, so um, you can pledge your favorite creators. Like we started a dollar and basically that money goes towards all of our hosting fees mm-hmm. because having five, co- five podcasts actually wound up being like really expensive. Yeah, yeah, luckily you guys get all of it for free, which is so wonderful. And we're so glad that we're able to provide that for everybody. Um, but it's not free to make them. Um, yeah, I will say I believe strongly in putting out free content. Yeah, agree. I strongly believe in that because I consume free content. Yeah. Um, and when I do give to Patreons, it's because I really believe in like what I'm donating to. Mm-hmm. So if you guys really like us, please feel free to donate. It's patreon.com slash the autos. Yeah. And uh, if you can't donate for any reason, if you don't want to, or if you're just, you know, not financially able to at this point, that's totally okay. Yeah. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So now we're going to talk about Betty. Cool. Um, So this is my summary of the Betty storyline. I'm ready. Betty learns that there is going to be an open house for the farm at what used to be the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And obviously she's going to go. Betty gets into an interview with Evelyn where she's asked some strange question and is dismissed. Betty knows that Evelyn was trying to recruit Cheryl, so she asks Cheryl to wear a wire and go do an interview herself. Cheryl gets to meet Edgar and gets totally sucked in by his words. While Betty listens, she learns that the files and tapes are kept in the room she saw on the tour, so she goes to steal them. Cheryl tells Betty that she won't help her anymore because she's in with the farm and they help her see and talk to Jason. Betty confronts Alice, asking her if Alice gets to speak to Charles at the farm. And she does. Yeah. Yeah, she she does. So my first thought on this storyline was that Evelyn comes in and she's like, hey, Veronica, can I hang these flyers? Why does Veronica let her do that? I don't know either. Veronica's not in with the farm. If I was Veronica, I'd be like, no, freak you. I would literally be like, um, can you go? You're doing garbagey things. Don't come back. Yeah. You freaking cult baby. So, um, but it is sweet that Veronica and Betty can kind of communicate without words at this point. Oh my God. All Betty had to do was look at Ronnie and Ronnie was like, yes, I will go with you. And I was like, (laughs) this is the Archie and Jughead that we deserve. Yeah, hard agree. Um, Kevin, like, just joined the farm, like, a few episodes ago, but he's so in with the farm that he's giving tours. I'm really confused by this. How did- Who is Kevin seeing? Oh, I- Yes, I actually have thoughts on that. Um, going down all the way to the bottom that I had here. Um, 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 um. The, uh, does Polly see Jason? Question mark. Do Fangs and Kevin see Joaquin? Question mark. Oh, I never thought about that. Who do you think would see? Maybe Midge. Because he saw Midge, like, unsettlingly during the Heathers episode. Yeah. I wonder if those, like, maple mushrooms or something. I think it's a maple mushroom. Part of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, name a person who's dead on this show, you know? Right? Yeah. 
So Kevin says, and I quote, two of our more, uh, this is two or more, two of our more artistic members expressing themselves. And we both were like, uh, what is that a euphemism for? But it's just painting. Yeah. I was like, expressing themselves? Y'all banging? Yeah. It was we definitely weird phrasing. Yeah. We I was went, like, what a tour. Yeah. We went to the bad place with yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, and their, uh, their names are Megan and Garrett. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. You're um, in a cult. Call your dad. <laughs> Call your dad. So Betty's like, hey, what's in that room? And Kevin's like, oh, that is just the janitor's closet. Is he lying or does he not know? I think he absolutely knows. Yeah, and he's just lying. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and of course, it's room 317 because they're always doing stuff like that. And I love, I love that. I love when they do those little Easter eggs. That's so fun. They make me happy. The room that Betty, like, goes into is that- that was, like, the Gargoyle King's room, though, before, right? Or is this a different wing of the place? No, I think that might have been the Gargoyle King's room. Because I feel like we could go back into earlier in the season and find that they probably changed the numbers. Yeah, probably. Um, so that's interesting. Um, one of the questions that Evelyn asks Betty is, would you consider yourself a cold person? What is that supposed to mean? And Betty says no. And then she's like, okay, you can go. And I'm like, cool. So all the people who are in the farm have done this interview and have said, yeah, heck yeah, I'm a cold person. And that's why they're allowed in. No, I think it's that Evelyn was trying to see if Betty would tell the truth. And in Evelyn's eyes, she thinks Betty is a cold person. Gotcha. So Betty didn't tell the truth. So she wasn't allowed in. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Betty's talking to Cheryl about Juniper and Dagwood. She says the babies looked happy and healthy last time that Cheryl saw them, which was when? Yeah. Um, like, uh, what? I love when they slip those little facts in and then I expect all of us to just be like, oh yeah, she totally went and saw those babies. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Cheryl faking crying. She's a genius. Iconic. Iconic. Legend icon star. Mm -hmm. Instead of calling her Betty Cooper, she calls her Betty Snooper. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, Cheryl goes in and is talking to Evelyn doing this interview or whatever. Why did Edgar take over the interview? I am feel uncomfortable because I think we both know why. Tell me. He saw a beautiful woman. And thought that he could manipulate her. Yes. Or was that Evelyn being like, oh, Cheryl, like you're almost at the point in which it's like, like I wonder if there's a point in which it's like bringing my dad for the final push. No, I don't think so. No. I think he is constantly watching everything that goes on there. Mm -hmm. And either he heard the name Blossom and knew, oh, that's important. He's met Cheryl before when she like, oh no, but he's never met Cheryl before. Mm -hmm. He saw her in the musical though. True. So he sees like, basically like, he's like, that's a beautiful girl. I'm going to go talk to her. And I'm like, she's 16, mm-hmm. you know, or he's heard enough about her from Alice and Polly right. and stuff where he's like, this is, this is a pawn that I need. Right. Yeah. Either way, I don't think he's hundred percent interested in helping her. I think he's interested in her helping him. It reminds me of, uh, in the hundred season three, when Allie decides that what, who they really need is, is Raven. Yeah. Because Raven is somebody who can influence everybody else. So they need Raven on their side. And so it reminds me of like, if they've finally gotten Cheryl here, they don't, they, they can't afford to have Cheryl. Yeah. To lose Cheryl at this point. So it's like, yeah, Cheryl is the person who they need. So they got to just go for it. There's always going to be a character that's a linchpin for Edgar. Yeah. I don't think it's Cheryl. I think it's Betty. Mm, um, yeah. But fully. he has a goal. And I think by slowly pulling all of Betty's friends in. Mm-hmm. Um, right, he'll Kevin. be able to nab Betty. Betty, yeah, yeah. Because first it was Polly, and then Polly wasn't enough. Then it was Alice, and Alice still wasn't enough. Mm-mm. Then it was Kevin. Then it was Cheryl. You know, and yep. it's like, I mean, who's he gonna get next? Jughead? I'm a little worried about Veronica. To yeah. Be honest. Now, like after we've seen Veronica, be like, yeah, no problem, Evelyn. It's like after Evelyn helped co-direct Heather's. Maybe Veronica is closer with 
Evelyn as a person that, yep. who knows. Or maybe she'll have nowhere to go after her parents' divorce. Yeah, since she's in the tiniest lifeboat, right? Exactly. Yeah, Edgar is out here using words like elucidate when he could just say clarify or explain. Like, you can use context clues as to what that means, but, like, if I were Cheryl, I'd be like, elusa what? He's literally the annoying man on the internet who is going to use overly flowery vocabulary in order to make himself seem superior. Mm -hmm. When in reality, he just sounds like an asshole who like ate and then barfed up an encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So childhood home arson is Betty Jughead and Cheryl's thing. Is Archie next? Is that how Fred will die? No, I doubt it. I doubt it too, but you know. No, I don't like that shit at all. I mean, Veronica's not anywhere close to her childhood home. Archie's the only other person who's close to their childhood home, other than like Kevin, but just seems like a lot of arson of childhood homes is happening. Archie, burn down the prison. Burn down the prison. That's all I got. Um, who else has been baptized and born, reborn in fire? Alice? Because Alice was baptized and then Betty set her house on fire. Yep. So does Alice count as being baptized and reborn in fire as yes. well? Yes. Okay. Cheryl says Count Edgar is one of the hot dads. He's not invited. No. He, first, he is a hot dad. He's definitely a hot dad. But he's, he's a, not invited yeah. to the hot dads. Just like Hiram. Yeah. He's a hot dad, lowercase h, lowercase d. Yeah. The hot dads are uppercase h, uppercase d, and it's TM. It is FP. It's Fred, it's, and it's Keller. Keller. Mm -hmm. That's, that's it. No one else is invited. Yeah. Hiram, you're attractive, but you're not a good father. Hiram and Edgar, you are both hot dads, but you are not part of the hot dad. You are not a hot dad. Yeah. So this girl walks into the bathroom and Cheryl just yells at her. Um, that was like iconic. I don't even know why that was in the episode. Maybe it'll lead to something. Maybe it won't. But I was just like, what an incredible person you are, Cheryl Blossom. Yeah. What an, what a, just a stone cold and I love you so much. Uh, I felt bad for the girl. Oh, yeah, that probably ruined her whole goddamn day. Yeah. That would ruin my day. If someone yelled at me when I had to pee, I'd be like, you know what? First of all, if someone, if it was me now and someone yelled at me when I had to pee, I would be like, you said friggin' what to me? I'm gonna go to the bathroom now and you can choke. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cheryl calls Edgar Eddie. Ew. You already know, like, Betty, you should already know that she's gone. Yeah. I'm surprised that Cheryl doesn't go, sorry, never mind. I'm here as a mole. Betty is trying to sabotage you. you I'm know? sure Cheryl did do that. Yeah, like, is that part of her secrets or mm-hmm. whatever? Um, Cheryl goes to her, like, second interview or whatever, and she's being way too obvious. Yeah. Way too obvious. Wow, where do you keep those tapes? On the premises? Like, and he's like, why are you so curious? And she's like, I'm not curious. And I'm like, uh, Cheryl, you, you're usually better at this than that. I think because she didn't, ha- like- she kind of wanted to get it out of the way. But at the same time, I was like, if that were me, I would be like, I'm just worried about like where you store personal information of mine. Right. So Cheryl being like, oh, hey, what is this? Hey, I thought this was just a janitor's closet. We fully thought this was a trap. We fully thought they had already gotten Cheryl and that Cheryl was like just saying that so that Betty would come to the thing yeah. and they would trap Betty. I'm so surprised that that's not what happened. I'm surprised that Cheryl's still alive. Yeah. I mean, they're never going to kill Cheryl. No. But the fact that like they did forcibly coerce her though, mm. because in order for her to quote unquote see Jason, something has to be done to her to make it so that she can see him. Right. So no matter what's happened to Cheryl now, the originator of like all of this was that she was forcibly coerced. Right. Why are Jughead's sheets still pink? Why didn't Betty take her sheets with her when they moved? Maybe he just likes the color pink. Okay. I just thought it was kind of weird that it like still fully just looks like Betty's room. Yeah. When it's supposed to be Jughead's room. I think it's because one, he doesn't really think it's his room and two, in his mind, that's Betty's room. It's still so he's going to keep it the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, For when their parents get married and they all live in the same house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys are step siblings and this is weird. <laughs> um, I thought it was 
we we were so sure that Betty was gonna like get home and find out that she didn't have her moms because it's like you have to steal Smith and Cooper. Yeah. You know, like you can't just steal Cooper. She she took two Coopers, so it like makes sense. And then she went to go get the Blossom one. But we, I really thought that she had like just grabbed a Cooper and a Blossom, and then was gonna get home and find that she didn't have Alice's because she was gonna go under Smith. Yeah. Do people have to pay to stay at the farm? I'd go there just for free room and board. I bet you they. I bet you they do. Well, like I mean, Alice shouldn't have to because she's like, I gave you my child's full like tuition. Um, college tuition and that's probably like Polly probably gave them her whole savings too and she sold the house yeah the when uh Betty is in the room with all of the tapes there's just a photo of Edgar like just a framed photo of Edgar someone should just draw a heart on it yeah yeah you Ethel I am talking to you (laughs) my next question was why take Cheryl's too but I think then we see her later being like Cheryl you can leave they don't have anything on you I think she was trying to save Cheryl yeah I agree I legit Because this show is freaking crazy, and it'll say anything. I legit thought that the show was going to tell me Jason was alive for a real quick sec. Yep. I genuinely thought they were going to be like, did you know also that Jason is fully alive? Even though we've fully seen, like, we say... No, no body, no death. But yeah. like we saw Jason's body, and we we saw his death, his he, literal death. He was freaking dead. Yeah, he Jason is majorly dead, which but is if, kind of why I think that it's going to be like Jason is so dead. But we just when when we were told that Charles died, it was just hearsay. Yeah, and like on this show, if they like had Jason roll up and they're like, "Yeah, you had a triplet," I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, at this point, it's like not whatever. because it actually makes sense, but it makes sense. For Riverdale. Yeah. Um, my next question was, maybe people can't use, like, good pharmaceutical ju- drugs because it'll mess with the hallucinogens. <gasps> Probably. That's what I think. And we definitely saw Alice taking drugs that one time and Sam pointed it out and mm-hmm. I thought it was nothing, but Sam was right. Yeah. It is something. Do you think that these hallucinogens are, like, things that they take all the time? Yeah. You think? Like, yeah. it's just always? So it's like, I wonder what else it changes for her. Well, it's clearly seeing- changed Alice's whole friggin' personality. Yeah. Which, like, kind of makes me upset because, like, who went to FP then? Right. Was it drugged Alice? Or was it real Alice? Which like, is, yeah, it's Who's in up. love with FP? Right. Because we know that, like, Alice way before the farm still wanted to be with FP. Mm-hmm. But now that whole thing, they're going to have to start again. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I'll watch that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my next question was, does Polly see Jason? Which I think is uh, for sure. Do Kevin and Fangs see Joaquin? I think that if Fangs doesn't see Joaquin, because Joaquin was Fangs' good friend, but Midge was his side piece. Or he was Midge's side piece. (laughs) Or something. Yeah, technically he was Midge's side piece. Yeah. So why doesn't Alice bring FP in? I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like, so why? There has to be something about the Joneses that Edgar isn't interested in. Yeah, yeah. There has to be. I find it hard to believe that Alice hasn't been like, you know, who should meet? Especially after like that giant confession, I had your baby. I'm so sorry. Maybe FP is the final thing. She should have learned. I know that real Alice would have learned from this time where she's like, I shouldn't, I should have told you. The real Alice would have learned from that. And if she actually got to meet Charles or whatever, she would have been able to be like, you know, who needs to know about this is FP. So it has to be like, I I find it hard to believe that Alice wouldn't be like, Edgar, you know, who we should bring in FP so he can meet his son. Because I don't know, I still think that Alice is maybe being groomed to be Edgar's like person or whatever. Yeah. And that and maybe FP is a pawn that Edgar's saving for later. Yeah, because he is the sheriff. Yeah, he's the sheriff. He's someone that Alice loves, and he's the father of her child. Mm-hmm. I think that's hopefully going to be resolved later, but you never know because they put most of their relationship on the back burner. All tea, all shade. 
That's Thank another you. thing that bothers me about that scene that we like just got was her being him being like she's the mother of my children that Alice who is being reminded of, of FP by her son every single time she talks to him once again didn't say so am I. Yep. Especially if she thinks, and I'm a little confused about what she actually thinks is happening. Like, Cheryl knows that Jason is dead, and Betty's like, um, Jason is dead. But she says things like, yeah, 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 but I got to talk to him. So it's like, does Alice know that Charles is dead? Or does she think that he's alive? Or is he actually alive because of my theory that Charles is secretly alive? Like, I don't know. I'm confused. It's definitely one of those things. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you which one of them it is. Right. But... Hmm. I do have questions. If if Charles is actually dead, if we're ignoring the theory that I've just made up, okay. Cheryl knew Jason. She knew him very well. She knew his personality. She knew what he looked like. She knew she knew everything about him. She was his twin. Yes. But Alice is making up everything about Charles. Yeah, it's all coming from herself. She doesn't even really knows what he lo- know what he looks so like. She's probably sees- the best of FP and she. Like, she yeah, she only had like that little picture of him. FP. Yeah. She only had that like little picture from the sisters that she got, but that was from like way off yonder when he was with the sisters, right? So he like will have would have grown up by yeah. now and everything. So she'd be fully just making up what he looks like, making up his personality. That's probably why she says he's the best person in the entire world. He's gone through so many bad things, like a lot of the things that Chick went through which is which kind of made Chick such a garbage person that he was, that it's like, I have a hard time believing, unless Charles has been with the farm for such a long time that he's like very calm, you know, like all the farmies are, and they're very like, everything is fine, you know? And I mean, I don't know. Even when it comes to Chick, like his circumstances didn't make him a bad person. He just was a bad person. Right. So like, maybe Alice romanticizes that relationship to the point where she's like, you had a a hard childhood, but you grew up to be such an amazing person, sort of thing. Like, just the complete opposite of whatever Chip was. Chip? Chick, yeah. Who the f***? Is my brain okay? I never, I never know. You know what? His name's Chip now. Okay. But yeah, I, I could believe that Charles grew up to be, like, a good person because of the farm. Yep. Like, I think that maybe the farm took him in after having such a rough childhood. If, Which he, if it has like, to all be about the farm, then then he would be, like, they would have put him through, like, this type of therapy where he would be, like, just, like, you know, the farm's freaking golden boy. And maybe Chick was like, um, I'm not down with this. Right. I, okay, okay. Here's my theory. Here's my okay. theory. If Charles is alive, mm-hmm. the way he fell in with Chick makes me think that either one, the farm did not find him until he disappeared and disappeared out of Chick's life, mm-hmm. or two, he grew up with the farm and then escaped mm-hmm. and then came back. Yeah. Because didn't Chick say that they they were at both at the sisters? Yes. I let me check actually because that's where Alice had Charles was at the sisters. Right. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. I'm just going to check um, Chick's page on the Weberdale wiki. Chick met Charles Smith out on the streets. Okay. They become friends and then moved into an apartment in Centerville. While living while living together, Chick discovered about Charles's past and how he was put up for adoption by the Cooper, pa- Cooper family, who were living a moderate suburban life. However, their friendship soon turned to the worst and they argued constantly until one day Chick lost control and killed Charles during a fight. We think. He could have wounded Charles and someone from the farm found him. Right. Sometime after the murder, Alice and Betty showed up at the hotel, uh, at the hostel asking for Charles Smith and Chick decided to impersonate him and move to their house, although he always preferred to be called Chick. So, but that's just what Chick has said. Yeah. I don't know why he would, I don't know why he would um, confess to a murder if it hadn't actually happened. So if our- Hal did it. That's true. That's true. He was already in jail, though. But it's, like, for their own entertainment. I, if my, 
if our theory of Charles being alive is to be believed, Mm -hmm. then I do believe that Chick maybe had thought that he had, like, legit killed Charles. And then, yeah, the farm, like, found him slash he made his way to the farm. Yeah, because it's clearly been a while since he was, like, murdered. Yeah. 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 So let me check Charles's page and see if there's anything cool in here. Oh, there was this freaking theory that Charles was Edgar. Yeah, some people think that, but Edgar's way too old. Like, I mean, they made FP 50, but still. Which means Alice is 50. Yeah. Which, like, is fine, but it makes none of that makes sense. But, but Chad Michael Murray is not, like, in his mid-30s. No. Okay. Chad, Mur- Chad Michael Murray looks like he's 40 plus. Alexa, how old is Chad Michael Murray? Chad Michael Murray is 37 years old. <gasps> he was born on August 24th, 1981. Is Edgar Charles? No. no. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Wait, how old was, sorry, how old was he? 37? Yeah, 37 it said about Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, Alice would have had to have that kid at 13. Oh, they could fudge his age down a little. But then how would he have a teenage child? Unless that's not actually his daughter and he just, like, adopted her. Right. I don't, I don't think it works. We're I taking, don't think it works. Listen, I think that it, we could make it make sense, but we're taking this too seriously. I do not think that Edgar is Charles. No. And maybe we will eat our words because this is freaking Riverdale and, and nothing any crap ever could sense. happen. Yeah. But, like, I don't think that that theory um, is true. Yeah. But who knows? Because this thing will do anything. <laughs> it's Riverdale. Edgar is like, Betty, what do you want? And Betty is like, I want you to tell me everything. Uh, he's not going to do that, Betty. Yeah, what? He's Betty not going to tell you everything. And then the, and then the episode like basically ends, like uh, at least that storyline ends there. And I'm like, yeah, he's not going to tell you anything. He's like, I want the tea. And Edgar's like, um, you haven't earned it. Yeah. You, who are you even? Okay, now we're going to do segments. Yeah. All right. My first segment is asexual jughead question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer was yes, always yes. I don't care. And mine is which MILF was the most badass? And I'm going to give it to Gladys. Okay. But in your child is a sport. Will somebody go through every single which MILF was most badass and do like a pie chart as to wit- how many, like which MILF gets how many awards? I feel like Gladys, Sierra, and Alice all like are yeah. high up there. Yeah. Um. Did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? No. Our best line award. is <laughs> like, no. No. Um. My best line award goes to Archie for. It's not fancy, but... It's a hell of a lot better than a cell in LNL. 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 You're an idiot. Better than a cell in LNL. Better than a cell in LNL. Better than a cell in LNL. Wow. I love art. And mine goes to Cheryl for. Count him among the hot dads of Riverdale because Mr. Evernever is a yummy snack. Whatever Dilfy thing she said about Edgar. Because I know I liked it at the time. I have to agree. All right, now it's time for our trailer reaction. All right, all right. Ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one. Play. play. This might be a copycat killer. Copycat? Tomorrow when we fight. Uh, no, I think it's the original. I love Why the are you fighting here? He's weighing in, man. That's just how it be. Back. No matter what happens, I'm always I love little show. Hmm. There's so much to. He needs to heal. Like, is Ronnie Trust restarting out. gambling? What's going on here? Oh, Cheryl and Tony have fallen out again. There's so much to parse from this just just this trailer. I think that's amazing. I love the Riverdale trailers. I have to say, I love them over top of the hundred trailers. Feels like the hundred trailers give us nothing. You, you get you get nothing. They they edit out as little as as like much as possible. And I'm I don't like, understand what the point of that is. Um, you have to protect the secrecy and the sacredness of the spoilers. And I'm like, 
It's a TV show. Calm down. Riverdale, like last trailer, they literally were like, oh my God, Jughead fell out of a window, you know? And it was like, oh my God. And then it turned out that he was fine, which like we knew, but like, that's how you keep the secrets. Give us a cliffhanger. Yeah. I like to be tantalized. So anyway, here's baby teeth. Um, still stuck there. All the other like, um, 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 adults are here. See, now that I'm looking at it in the trailer, it's definitely TG, TGK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's better now. It's just confusing because like T looks like this, okay? Like T looks like this, mm-hmm. and a K looks like this. Wow, that Gargoyle King did not design a very good alphabet. So, it's a little. Uh, and once again, I wish we would get more runes so that we could start like doing some translations. Because in like the very beginning of season three, we got like the full written out the Gargoyle King. Yeah, so we were able to figure out which runes were which letters, and I think it's kind of a missed opportunity that they haven't done that um, since then. Yeah, I agree. Um, What cemetery is Archie in? Yeah. Why are they even in a cemetery? I guess for baby teeth? I, it seems like it. I don't know why they're taking him so, uh, so seriously when we only hardly met him. Um, So Betty's eyes look bloodshot in this uh, close up on her eyelashes. And I'm wondering what that's about. Yeah. Okay. She must actually join. Why is Jughead allowed to be on the crime scene? I don't know. Nepotism. Okay, yeah. running through the woods. I guess Archie has rehabilitated his entire gym already and he's already doing Yeah, he's um, like, hey, let's show it off, man. Sure. Yeah, who's, what cemetery is this? I'd love for it to say baby teeth on his <laughs> grave. Oh my God. If that's what it is. Unless this is the episode where we find out that Fred died. No, they. I don't, I don't think, think they would do that. Okay. Archie punching somebody. Betty very tired, I guess. One of the things that Edgar told Betty, or like Alice told Betty that Edgar said was that she needs to like burn her journals and stuff, right? So the fact that these pictures are being burned. Also, frick Polly's drag, (laughs) because she's not in these pictures. I'm looking at a little bit farther ahead. FP seems to be at the Maple Club with, with, um, who is, that looks like Fred. Might be Hiram. Why does Alice have And then Penelope and a knife. Why does Alice have- a blindfold on. I don't know. I'm worried about that one. Um, okay, so this is like crime scene photos of baby teeth, I assume. Yeah. Shoney, Archie getting punched again. Some Varchie content. Yeah, what's up with that? You think this is the Maple Club? Yeah, look at the red lighting. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I wonder who that is with the knife. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Okay, so this is Brian getting chased by the police still, obviously. Veronica still with the casino stuff. Alice and Betty in a car again. I love seeing those two together, but like I remember when they went to go see Chick originally and Chick was like, leave me the heck alone. Yeah. And Alice was crying in the car. It's like one of Alice's best moments. Obviously it was very sad for her, um, but like Machen was really Machen's great in so it. Good. It's like a really great Alice moment. And that w- this is kind of reminiscent of that. She needs to heal. Is he talking about Alice? I think he's talking about Betty. Okay, to Alice, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Um, Alice is in the bunker now, because who the frick doesn't know about the bunker? I think Betty kidnapped her. Oh, oh right, because of the blindfold. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cheryl coming in with the vixens. Ricky is back. Once again, some Shoney issues. Hopefully it's just Cheryl gets called away by something. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I mean, maybe Tony's upset because Cheryl joined the farm. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, once again, Archie getting punched. Brian, Veronica at the gym? Question mark? It looks like she's in, like, a pool area. Like the- Right, yeah. It's like, and it looks like a bathing suit, maybe? She's wearing? Like, with earrings? No, no, no. I think she's attending a fight, but it's at, like- Oh, it's still The new fight area. Like, in the new prison. 
Okay. Then just like a shot of Jughead and then Betty threatening Evelyn, which yeah. also reminds me of the beginning of season beginning, maybe halfway through season one when she, when she says, I will kill you to Cheryl. Yeah. Um, which I love. Oof. That's some good content. I'm excited. Whoop, 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 whoop. Obviously at the time of this coming out, we still have another two weeks until the next episode comes out. Yeah. That's okay. We got other things to do. We got time. And obviously we're putting out um, some more Sabrina stuff. Yep. Um, so next Sunday, we'll be putting out the last half of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we think we're probably going to be putting out season two in groups of three. Yes. With um, including the Christmas special. So that's what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot easier to put those out once we... Uh, don't have any Riverdale to do because we I was just saying like a few days ago how crazy it is that literally season the hiatus between season one and season two of Sabrina all happened within this season of Riverdale yep so it's like we only were able to upload our Sabrina stuff in between hiatuses like of Riverdale so that was made it a little bit hard to schedule yeah but um yeah it's gonna be a lot easier once um, Riverdale is com- is on hiatus for the season we made it work yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Um, we have a survey at the that is just sort of like always open. You can see it in the description of the episode. If you could fill it out and tell us like um what you like and don't like about the pod. And also, if you want to, leave a review on iTunes. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like we were saying, it's on this feed. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we talk about it. Yeah, we we do do that. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. The season six trailer finally came out after a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to listen to that, um, us covering season five or season six next year or season four, whatever order you want. Yeah. You can go listen to that. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. I'm so excited to announce that we're finally coming back from hiatus for the Lost podcast. Um, it's my favorite one that we do. Of course, obviously I've talked about it before. I put so much love into every single episode and I worked so, so, so hard on it. So I'm so excited to bring it back. We're going to be uploading starting in May, the first Friday of every month. Nice. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. We are, uh, Getting close to the end of season one, actually. We just finished, uh, by the time this goes up, yeah. the um, first half of season one will be done. Yeah. yeah. So when I say getting close to the end, I mean, we're in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and come to Sweet River Con. Um, we are giving away two tickets, um, two weekend passes. You can check out the description for more information on that. And also come see us attempt to talk to snake parents uh, on as moderators of the panels. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter and some side Tumblr for uh, Robin's gifts. I try hard. Yep. Thanks. Um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you uh, like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive. And once again, if you are unable to donate for any reason, uh, recommend us to a friend. We would appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Appertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-U-I pretty much everywhere. Join us for next episode, which is 318 Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker is a great name, especially because we see like Archie getting punched a whole bunch of times. Finally a good Was one. I literally not saying why isn't Archie's jaw broken? Fully you did. I You did. I willed that into existence. You did. But this is actually a really interesting um movie. So crap, crap, crap. Jawbreaker is a 1999 American black comedy film written and directed by Darren Stein. The film stars Rose McGowan, Rebecca Gayhart, 
same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Julie Benz as girls in an exclusive clique in their high school. Charlotte Ayana has a non-speaking cameo role as the murdered leader of the group. The film was inspired by the 1988 film Heathers and is often compared to it, particularly the plot involving a popular female clique and the ostensibly accidental killing of one of its members. Of his concept for the film, Stein has stated, the jawbreaker just came to represent the duality of the poppy sweetness of the girls of high school and of youth versus the whole idea that this thing could break your jaw. Similarities have been drawn between Jawbreaker and the 2004 film Mean Girls. I see that. I also see it as like the craft, but um, with no supernatural elements. Hmm. It's always four girls in high school. It's interesting that I have, I've never heard of this film. Yeah, I've never heard of it either, but now I kind of want to watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Jawbreaker and the, what, Bad Night of the Royale? Bad Night of El Royale. El, yeah, that. that you sounds, almost got there. We have homework. Okay. And once again, thank you so much to Leanna for joining us uh, for this episode. Thanks, Leanna. We love you. Love you. Love your dog more. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Love you, bye.